Amen. Grace and peace to you this morning. It is so good to be in worship together. As we gather, our spirits have been uplifted, revived by that music, and now I invite us to take just a couple deep breaths, a way to center ourselves in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Standing or sitting, please join me in the call to worship. We have gathered this morning to worship God. May we be inspired justice, to love boldly, to walk humbly, to serve God with body, soul, mind, and strength. So we invite you to join us now in singing. We're at hymn number 203. Give us a moment as we get all our pieces together here. Now I know that this music this morning is amazing. However, we do want you to sing with us today. Don't just stand and listen, join in, all right? <laughs> so let's start here. Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love, show us how to serve the neighbors we have from you. Kneels at the feet of his friends, silently washes their feet. Master who acts as a slave to them. Yesu, Amen. All right, you may be seated. And welcome. 
Welcome to Westminster. If you're visiting with us, maybe it's your first time with us today, a special welcome to you. As always, after worship, we gather out in the patio area for coffee and tea, snacks, especially a chance to get to know each other just a little better, so I do invite you out after worship for that. We have had a summer of guest preachers, and we're so excited today to welcome our final guest preacher of the summer, the Reverend Nancy Martin Vincent. You'll see her bio in the bulletin. It says she's our synod executive, and I told Nancy, I'm like, folks are going to read that and have no idea what that even means. So I've asked her as we begin worship today to just say a little bit about what it means that you are our synod executive. So welcome, Nancy. Good morning. So in the Presbyterian Church, we are organized and that, okay, this does get a little, it's secure, but it is a little interesting to get used to. Forgive me. Different microphones, right? Um, So churches are organized in presbyteries. Who knows the name of the presbytery that this church is a member of? Redwoods. Excellent. Who knows your staff? Executive's name is Eric. Okay. Uh, <laughs> stated clerk, you should know this one, is Ariel from Nevada. Ariel and Meek. Um, we are organized into presbyteries. Presbyteries help support churches in transitions, in crisis, and pastors get pastoral care. And then presbyteries are organized in, I bet you can guess this one, synods. So I am the Synod Executive. This is the Synod of the Pacific. We have 10 presbyteries in our Synod. Um, It starts from uh, Southern California. We're about two-thirds of California. We are all of Oregon, about two-thirds of Idaho, and all of Nevada. And we represent 464 churches. Now... Synods are there to support presbyteries and churches, and our synod is unique and that we also offer a number of business services. For instance, you just did a renovation. Who knows where that money came from? Next up. Synod. Uh, You're absolutely right. It's in the denomination. So we have a $20 million savings in loans. The Senate, the Senate of the Pacific does. And so you put money in uh, our deposit, and then we lend to PCSA organizations like you. And the money that we make, we give back in the form of grants. So for the last several years, since I've been the Senate executive, every Presbytery in our Senate has gotten $45,000 a year from us to help in their work. So please borrow money from us so we can make some money to give back. Uh, We also have grants for churches. So if you have any sort of medical ministries, uh, mental health medical ministry, if you have emerging need, we've been in a lot of AV systems during COVID, you can apply for grants. So in a nutshell, I have a fantastic job. I run around meeting people and I said, we have money to give you. So. We're easy to like. So that is what the Senate is. Um, I also come from the church world. I was an interim pastor. I served nine different churches in the interim uh, capacity, everything from children, youth, and family ministries to solo on to large churches. The smallest churches I led, church I led was about 82. 
The largest I was a senior pastor of was 850. So I have a, a big breadth of experience, and I love congregations. So it is good to be with you, and that probably wasn't that brief. So I'll get it out of the way. That was great. Thank you. So Nancy was part of a presbytery meeting, I think maybe last May, maybe even February, and she was talking about how much she liked to preach. And Rob and I are on Zoom, and Rob texts me, we need to get her as a guest preacher. Yes, we definitely do. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are humbled, honored, and inspired by the deep love Christ extended to the world. And we take seriously the calling to be the body of Christ today. May we love and serve as Jesus loved and served. Forgive us when we fall short and guide us back to a place of trust and faithful living. May we always live with love and compassion for each of your beloved children and all of your creation. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that in Christ we are forgiven. In Christ we are set free. In Christ we are made new. We are loved abundantly and unconditionally. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. As we continue with our time of prayer, we come to our time of joys and concerns. This is a time when you get to share. Share the prayers that are on your heart and mind today. I'm going to start with a few, and then I'll get to you. Um, first... Rob's coming back tomorrow. His sabbatical's ending. Um, I'm sure he's had an amazing time away, and sort of re-entry into, into work life is not always the easiest. So some of you have been writing notes to him and giving them to me over the last couple weeks, which is great. That's why many of you, hopefully all of you, got a little piece of cardstock as you walked in. If at some point during the service, if you would like to jot a quick note to him, if you haven't yet had a chance to, this does not have to be, you know, a 10th grade English essay, just a quick note, like, welcome back, so good to have you back, something like that, sign your name. Um, and then as you leave, a couple of our ushers are going to be in the back. Um, look at that, Charlotte's ready with a basket and maybe an offering plate. As you leave, if you want to drop the note in there, we'll make sure that he gets them uh, tomorrow. So yeah, just at some point, if you want to jot a quick hello, that would be great. Um, and then a couple of folks in our congregation to hold in our prayers. John Dwarak, um, you may know many years ago, received a lung transplant, and he's now um, experiencing rejection of that transplant. Um, and some of the uh, medicine that he's on to help prevent that or slow it caused diverticulitis. So he's been hospitalized twice, um, looking like he might have to have an intestinal surgery. He's just, he's been through a lot, let's put it that way. So if you could hold John and his family in your prayers, that, that would be great. I know he appreciates that. And then Nick and Debbie, so good to have you in worship with us today. Um, Steve Dibsky, husband and father, died recently from leukemia. 
And our prayers are absolutely with you too as you grieve, as well, Nick, as your sister Stephanie. Uh, Steve was a member of St. Hilary, um, so his service is going to be at St. Hilary, September 16th at 2 p.m. So you certainly are invited there, and just know you too. You are in our prayers during this really hard time, absolutely. So other, other joys and concerns to share. Bruce, I saw you had one. You were going to uh, talk about John, absolutely, yes. Others? Others to share? Yeah, Susan. Um, some of you will remember Catherine Patler, who was a member of this church for quite some time. And I just saw her on Friday, and she told me that on September 11th, she doesn't like the day, but on September 11th, she's going to have shoulder replacement, hmm. and she asked me to ask for prayers. Absolutely. Catherine Patler, who used to be a member here, is having shoulder replacement surgery on September 11th, so we pray for her. Yeah, Chris. Yes. <laughs> um, however, I do have a number of family members uh, in the eye of this storm. I recognize it's not probably where hurricanes are before it often gets. May they, uh, may they get through the safe. Amen. Chris praying for all those that are. Um, in the path of the storm that's coming, he said he has several friends and relatives down in Southern California, as I'm sure many of you do, so prayers for them, yes. Others? Yeah, Doug. My sister stays Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So in case you can hear him, he had, he had two. Um, one, his sister who's going to receive a stem cell transplant on Friday, which did you say that's also her birthday? Is that what I heard? Yeah. So pressure your sister on Friday. Also, Doug's been part of a release of a, a new faith-based book for young people. Um, and it's been featured in various media outlets and is rising in the Amazon charts and just really a joy that so many people are getting to experience that book. Amen. Sandy, did I see you? Hmm. Yeah, friend Anne, who has ovarian cancer. Prayers for her. Others? Yeah, Jen. Jen's childhood friend Edgar, who died of cancer this last week. So prayers for his friends and family. Bruce? Bruce, encouraging us to continue praying for Ukraine, the people of Ukraine, not forgetting them. Yes. Yeah. Clark? So I've been experiencing some flu or allergy-like symptoms, and uh, we spent yesterday driving all over town trying to find a a COVID test. We finally came across one, and you take it out, and you, you do your thing, and there's a strip. Really? <laughs> so I didn't know which one I was going to be <laughs> But it came up to me. Okay. 
Clark who took a COVID test recently and on the two sides it said joy and concern and luckily he got a joy. <laughs> no COVID. Um, I'll add as we're talking, there's definitely sickness going around. Our organist Patty was planning to be here today. She called me Friday very sick so prayers for her healing as well. Yes. Wow, sleepover with three friends. Fun and prayers for the adults involved as well. <laughs> but you had it already, right? So everyone was unscathed. Excellent. That's fun. Wonderful. And Legoland. That's right. Legoland. Yes. Oh, yeah. In the back, Veronica. Oh, really? So she's here too? Oh, my goodness. Wonderful. So prayers. Their, her parents have been traveling. They're back home. Um, on their travels, they went and got their mom in Iowa, who's 98, and she's now visiting as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Rob. Uh, just in time. Uh, <laughs> Maria, our, our daughter, who you all know, she leaves uh, in a couple of days to go to Barnard College in New York. Ooh. <laughs> Maria, you look just thrilled to have all this attention on you. Uh, leaving for college in a couple of days. I know that's true of many friends and family leaving for college soon, so prayers, absolutely. Let's take just a few moments of quiet. We certainly have a lot going on in our lives, right? So a few moments of quiet, and then we'll join in the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, and we give you thanks. And hear us now as together we pray the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debts. And lead us not into but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to speak to your back since my microphone apparently is not working. But it's, it makes sense that there are a lot of people here. Uh, August, I learned by a European study, is the most popular month to be born. There are a lot of children born in August. August babies are oftentimes bigger and taller than the rest of us little people. <laughs> doctors, doctors think that's because of the amount of vitamin D their moms are getting. So you have a lot going for you. You do. And we have a lot going for us because you're part of this community. I want to read you a poem by one of my favorite poets. Her name is Morgan Harper Nichols. It goes like this. Even here, you are growing. When August is here and you feel a little restless, thinking about how this month might end and how this year might end and how you are supposed to start again, you are growing. You are growing in grace, courage, strength. And it is okay if it does not feel like it. It is okay if there are moments where you cannot see the way you have grown, because far beneath the surface, the seeds have still been sown. The ground beneath your feet is still a bed for new beginnings. So much is changing around you, but you are changing too. You are so much more than the brokenness that you were certain would define you. It's not easy being you. You've worked so hard to be the positive one. You've given your best in areas of your life where the effort was not returned. And this has made it so hard for you to keep going. And there have been days where you were not sure if it was even possible. But after everything, here you are, just a little stronger, holding on a little longer, and you still found room for hope. So take heart, breathe deep. You are still becoming who you were meant to be. Let July be July and celebrate August as August, and let yourself just be, even in the uncertainty, you don't have to fix everything, you don't have to solve everything, and you can still find peace and grow in the wild and changing times. May you have a wonderful birthday month. Amen. We have a lot of people to bless, which is awesome. Just talk amongst yourselves for a little while, because <laughs> Jeff and I are going to be busy up here. I think, we, I think everyone's been blessed, right? Amen. You may be seated. And I'd like to invite any of the children who are worshiping with us to join me here at the front. 
If you brought your backpacks with you, I invite you to bring those as well. If you didn't, that's okay. And then Ben and Anna, I would love your help um, with these tags, if you don't mind. So good morning, everyone. It is good to see you today. So I'm going to have Ben and Anna here um, come around and give you these tags as I'm talking. So what you need to do is just sort of loop them through the backpack and you, yeah, 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 you got it, you got it, but let me have one. Okay, so school's starting for some of you this week, maybe some of you last week, maybe some of you in a couple of weeks, and there you go, it's, it's coming soon, and I'm sure the start of school comes with all kinds of feelings, right? Some joy, if, if they don't have a backpack, just give them a tag and you can put it on your backpack when you get home. Um, some joy, it's kind of fun to go back, see friends, you know, see favorite teachers and stuff. Maybe some anxiousness as you're not real sure what to expect. You know, all kinds of feelings and emotions. So what we want to do here at Westminster as you go back to school is remind you that we all are loving you and praying for you throughout the school year. And so we're giving you this tag to put on your backpack and it has a couple of things in it. First, it says, I am loved and prayed for by Westminster Presbyterian Church. It says that on one side, okay? Now I'm going to talk to those folks out there for a second, okay? So we're giving them these tags that says they're loved and prayed for by Westminster Church. So now it's up to all of you to make sure that's a true statement, right? So we are going to love and pray for you throughout the school year as you have all kinds of new and interesting experiences. That's one side. The other side is a tag that says three things. It says, be loved, be kind, be you. All right? And I hope as you make it through the school year, you will remember those three things. Be loved. You are so loved. Be kind. Isn't that important to move through life? Being kind. And then, be you. No one else is you. You are the only you we have. So be you. And that particular tag actually has two sides. If you open this up and take it out, one of the sides is already colored in, if you like that side. The other side is not colored in. So if you like to color, you can take this tag out and you can color it yourself. That is totally up to you. But no that you are loved and prayed for throughout the school year. So what I want to do, we call today a backpack blessing. Um, but really, it's a, it's, a, it's a people blessing. Sure, your bags are blessed, absolutely. But we also especially want to make sure that each of you know that you are blessed. So I'm going to offer a blessing to you, all right? So let us pray. God of fresh starts and new beginnings, we bring ourselves, all of our feelings, and our backpacks to you. In our backpacks, we carry blank pages and sharpened pencils and pointy crayons. In our hearts, we carry big feelings, unanswered questions, hopeful expectations. Who knows what this new year might bring, what we might learn, who we might meet, who we might be. God, our friend who is always with us, be with us through it all. Bless our journey throughout this school year. And also, O oh God, for the grown-ups going back to school, be with them too. We thank you for our teachers, our helpers, our caregivers, our leaders, for all they do to help us learn and grow. May God's blessing be upon us all. Amen. 
All right, may this school year be an amazing one for you. I also want you to know that I made a whole bunch of these. Uh, I faked, yeah, didn't I? I made a whole bunch of these. So if you have friends that you know might want one or people either friends from Westminster or friends not from Westminster who you think might enjoy a tag, I have a bunch of extra ones, so just let me know, okay? Now I'm going to let Ben and Anna go first. We are separating today for the first time since last May. If you are in third, fourth, or fifth grade, you are going to go with Ben and Anna, okay? If you are in second grade or younger, you're going to come with me, all right? So third, fourth, and fifth grade are going with Ben and Anna. Second grade and younger are coming with me. All right, here we go. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. Our first scripture reading this morning is from the prophet Micah. Listen for how the Spirit speaks to you through these words. The Lord has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is holy wisdom. Holy Word. How about that? Okay, if it ever gets too loud, go like this. If it ever is not loud enough, let me know. It's, yeah, it's unlikely it won't be loud enough. Our gospel lesson is taken from the gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus loved them to the end. Now the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, that he had come from God and he was going back to God, Jesus, he got up from the table. He took off his outer robe, and he tied a towel around him. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And then later in verse 13, Jesus is speaking again and says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set this example for you that you should also do as I have done. This is the word of the Lord. I love this gospel story. I love the intentionality of Jesus as he takes off the robe and walks over and kneels down. I love the tenderness of it, that he is tending to a vulnerable need that they have. I love how he is modeling servanthood. But as I pondered this story, I realized that to For us to really comprehend how important the story is, it's not only about the details of the story, it's about where it happened in Jesus' ministry. So if you'll give me a moment, I'd like to on-ramp us a little bit, some balcony view. It is believed that Jesus' ministry lasted for about three years. Now that's not that long, right? You think of all the stories, all the experiences that we have of Jesus' life on earth— Three years isn't that long. It started off small. He was wise. He gathered 12 disciples around him, began teaching them, modeling for them, praying with them, and they began to travel around the countryside. As they traveled around, Jesus modeled being very present. He showed up to whatever was happening. When someone was sick, he showed up. When someone had mental illness, it was just, back then they described it as having demons, he showed up. He healed them. He talked about things that were unusual. He talked about blessed are the people who mourn and who are poor. Instead of the people who are rich and famous, he talked about people who were humble and mourned. He walked around and he helped. He healed. He noticed cared. He taught people how to notice and care to to feed those who needed clothing, to feed those who needed food. And as he walked around and healed and touched people's lives, the ministry grew little bit by little bit. But toward the end, thousands were coming to see him. Thousands. There are pictures, I mean, we don't know exactly what it looked like, but there are pictures of Jesus doing the the Sermon on the Mount, and there are thousands before him. That is true. And when you think about it, they didn't have, they traveled. It was very rugged. It was very difficult for people to go to see a Jesus, but that's how effective he was. He showed up. He noticed people's needs. He loved and cared for people. He healed. And so thousands came. The disciples, they lived with him, they saw him, they knew that something was very special. Now, they were talking about going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, and the disciples knew that that would be risky. He knew that the authorities were angry at Jesus, they wanted to stop him, but I'm sure they thought, with incredible popularity, the way that Jesus was moving people, the way that the ministry was growing, the way that it was clear that God was present. God was present, loving and caring for people, they must have thought it was okay. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew by going to Jerusalem, their journey, their life would take a very hard turn. Jesus knew 
that on the night of this story, he would be hanging on a cross in three days. Think about that. The disciples are nervous, but things are going well. Jesus knows he's going to die in three days. Reflecting on the passage, Reverend Guy Nave offers this insight. When I was a prison chaplain, I witnessed prisoners on death row say goodbye to their loved ones. The prisoners would often labor over the words they would share, and every word and act compromised their farewell was pregnant with meaning. Death row, people are saying their goodbyes, thinking through what they want to say, pregnant with meaning. And Reverend Nabe says, on the other side, despite society's assessment and condemnation of their loved ones, those gathered listened intently as though the words they were speaking are a divine oracle. Again, the disciples don't know, but Jesus knows he's on death row. His actions are a divine oracle. He's very intentional in this story with what he does. And so what does he do? Scripture tells us that before the meal began, Jesus got up from table, took off his outer robe in a symbolic fashion, He then picked up a towel and tied it around his waist. He walked over and poured a water into a basin. He kneeled down and tended to a vulnerable part. He tended to their feet. Intentional, pregnant with meaning, dried them with a towel. Now, to be clear... Feet washing was not uncommon in that day. As I talked about, it was hard to travel, right? So roads were were rocky and sandy, or they were cobblestone. It's hot. So people wore sandals. So by the time anybody arrived at someone's house, do do you think the feet are all nice and clean and shiny? (laughs) No, they're not, right? They're really pretty dirty. And what else is traveling on that road? It's not just people. What else is traveling? Animals right? And what do you think animals do on the road? (laughs) Don't have to answer that question. Um, The roads were nasty. They weren't sanitary. So it was very common in the day when you arrived at someone's house, there would be a big bowl of water and you would wash your feet. It was was respect uh, to the household, but it was also caring for your body. You would wash your feet before you entered the house. If you were going to enter the house of someone that was very wealthy, you might have a servant come out and wash your feet for you, someone very low on the hierarchy. But the details of this feet washing are different. This didn't happen at the door. We're guessing they washed their feet. We're guessing they were clean. This happened at table. And it wasn't the servant, the lowliest of the low. It was the highest of the high. It was the man of God who was changing the world, who was showing up for people, who was noticing their hurts and cares and loving and caring and healing them. It was this master who took off their robe and knelt down and tended to their feet. Knowing the place of this story, 
knowing that Jesus is very soon going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and be beaten and hanging on the cross, these actions are pregnant with meaning. It's, it's his farewell. It's not a farewell speech. It's a farewell action. It's as if he's saying, you know, all those times when we showed up and tended to people's needs, when we were tired, when we felt like we needed to get somewhere else, but we showed up, we modeled servanthood. Because God's like that too. God's not up on some mountain distant away from us who doesn't care. God is here seeing those who mourn, those who suffer, those who are in pain, because we all have those seasons in our life. God is here showing up for us and teaching us to show up for each other. This is Jesus' final action before he heads to the cross. He got up from table. He took off his robe of authority. He knelt down as a servant and tended to their needs. It's an act of intimacy. It's an act of vulnerability. It's an act of love. There's a, a famous um, children's book I'm assuming most of you or many of you will be aware of it. It's called Guess How Much I Love You. How many of you know the story, Guess How Much I Love You? For those of you who don't, it's a sweet story about baby nut brown hair, a little rabbit, and big nut brown hair, an adult in that child's life. And they go back and forth, the baby nut brown hair, trying to one-up each other on how much one loves the other. So this is a child speaking, right? So the child says, I love you this wide. I love you this high. I love you as high as I can hop. I love you as high as the tree. And every time big nut brown hair comes back, I love you this much and more. And as baby nut brown hair is falling asleep, this child throws out, the biggest love that that child can imagine. I love you all the way to the moon. And Big Nut Brown Hair says, and I love you all the way to the moon and... But isn't that what Jesus is doing? I love you so much that I'm here for your daily needs. I love you so much that I show up when you're hurting. I love you so much that I will tend to your feet. I love you so much that I will go all the way to the cross and And so may it be for us. May we experience God in our life, not as something distant, but very present. May we experience God in our life as showing up for all the moments, going back to school, 
incredible music, by the way, <laughs> as we gather, showing up for all these moments. And may we, too, show up for each other and those outside our doors in the vulnerable moments, tending and caring as God cares for us. Thanks be to God.
so much, gentlemen. In oh, honor of sorry. something completely different, we're changing up the tune for the Blessings flow, praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise God, Christ, Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> That's great. You may be seated. Thank you, gentlemen. That is so good. And safe travels to the South Bay. <coughs> you don't have to go anywhere, Glenn. I'll be done in just a moment. Here, there are a few things that we want to point your attention to. Number one, I have returned after last year, making the same call to you. So today, after church, there is a training for Sacred Stories, which is what we do for our pre-K to second graders. There's also a class for third to fifth graders. And... I, as a youth person, need your help because we only gather our high schoolers for 20 weeks out of the year. So 32 other weeks out of the year, pretty much they take care of it for you. We would love it if you could help us teach and take care of those children's classes, even if you're only going to do it once. If you do one Sunday in the fall, one in the spring, that would be one less Sunday then our high schoolers have to do it so they can spend time with each other. So again, we only gather our high schoolers for 10 weeks in the fall and 10 in the spring. And Sam loves children, but he wants to spend time with his peers as well. And he won't get to unless you give him the opportunity to do that because our youth group will always fill the needs where they are. We can handle it, but we need your help. So if you're saying, you know, Jeff, I'm too old for this, no, you're not. Just do it once. If you're saying, I've never done it before, that doesn't matter. That means you've got creative ideas. If you're saying, I've done it too many times, I did my share, just do it once. And even more, you don't even have to do it. Tell me who you want me to ask, and I will go get them, okay? So write down their names right now. Jeff, this is who you should ask. And I'll say, look, somebody gave you a lot of good references, and so you are ready. So please help us cover our children's classes. We just gave them cards that said how much this church loves them. And if we actually love them, you should love being with them, even if it's just 20 to 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. So please uh, let me know if you are interested. Even if you're not interested, let me know. Let me know who might be a help. Also, after church today, we have a train. Chris, if you come up just for a moment, we have a special training on some life-saving equipment here. Dr. Chris Colwell uh, is going to facilitate that and I ask if he would share just a little bit about what that is. The good thing is you can do both. 
You may need to use a microphone here. I'm usually loud enough even without that. You can do both of these because right after this at 11.15 upstairs, we're going to go through a quick 15-minute, we'll have you out in time for this, um, review of how to use AEDs. And I, I promise you in 15 minutes, we'll have you ready to save a life. And that life actually could very well be somebody uh, that's very meaningful to you. So uh, come join us for just a few minutes as we show you how to be really comfortable with these machines that can really make a difference. And if that's not enough, I brought both my son and daughter, and we're going to defibrillate them for this. <laughs> They're young, they can handle it, so if, even if you're not that interested in doing it, you can come see that exhibition. So we'll see you afterwards. P Peter's like, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> Peter, I have been looking forward to this day for quite a while. So again, I want to stress one more time, please help us. We say we love our children. Spend some time with them on a Sunday morning in their classes. Bethany, I will give you all the resources you need. Come find me or Bethany after the worship service, and uh, we'll get you squared away and ready to go so you're feeling confident and comfortable in that role. So, Amen. Uh, closing hymn. All right. So before we do our closing hymn, I want to say a huge thank you to our musicians. Yay. It's been such a joy to have you and your music with us in worship. And, of course, Nancy, thank you to you as well. Uh, standing or sitting, we're going to do the first three verses, one, two, three only, of hymn 727. So we hope you will join us. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims of Our worship is complete. Our service to our Lord Jesus Christ now begins. And as you go, know that the spirit of our great and loving God is above you to inspire you. That spirit is beneath you to support you. It's beside you to guide you, and it is around you and will surround you with that love and that grace from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>